reach out Think your skin can bring you so much pain Now I hear you say You got the best of both ways Won't you come and take a walk in my shoes And tell me if you take my place Under the Hey, and uh, welcome to the Inside Running Podge- uh, po- Podcast Shoe Geeks episode, uh, December 2021 edition. I'm joined with uh, Sunday Night with Tommy DeCanto over in Sydney, uh, the new crowned 10,000 metre New South Wales state champion. How are you travelling over there? Thanks, mate. I'm good. Yep. Um, King. I'm a bit, uh, a bit tired. How'd you pull up? Had, probably, had about, probably had about three hours sleep last night. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, my, my calves are actually a little, a little bit sore. Yep, um, that makes sense. 20, Twenty-five laps in the dragonfly. So, yeah, yeah. Stay in yeah. the long run, though. Maybe they're sore from the long run. <laughs> I'm just tired. <laughs> and, I'm just tired. And Julian over in Anglesey, the owner of the running company Ballarat. How are you traveling, mate? And back into uh, what maybe seventh, eighth week of training now, post knee surgery. Yeah, I'm running now. So I've been trying different shoes. Felt good today. My first run where I. I got a little bit of confidence back from uh, fitness. Body feels good. And going downhill now, I can actually load my knees, whereas before, well, my right knee especially, I could barely go downhill. That's the key, isn't it? Downhills load that patellofemoral joint more, doesn't it? So it's good that you can start doing that a bit more, especially where you live, where downhills is like the norm. Yeah, a lot of trails as well. So being Mm. more stable on the trails is good and, even going faster, like just I've got this range. So, you know, you, you do a standing quad stretch. I could never do that before because yep. my knee would hurt too much. Whereas now yep. I can actually stretch my quads. And um, that makes a big difference when you're running fast to get that sort of back knee. Backside. Yeah, that's thing. good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's, that's good. And um, are you starting to find like you're getting more like, you know, it doesn't matter what shoe you're wearing anymore. Like I found when I came back from injury, I was really sensitive to what shoes I was wearing when I first came back. Whereas now after a couple of months of consistency, I can put almost any shoe on and sort of find I can just deal with it at the time. Whereas when I was first coming back into running after you had four weeks off, was that right? Or six weeks? I think it was about four. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Are you getting more variety in your footwear going now? Uh, I am. I am, but also I've, finding some shoes I really like. Yep. So I'm not really going straying too far from it. And I'm not buying that many. There haven't been many releases lately. Yeah. So I'm not getting sucked into new models. So I'm happy with my lineup. Um, yeah, there's. I, I did manage an Achilles niggle. So that, that required certain shoes for a little bit, maybe a couple of weeks. Um, but now it's once you get over those Achilles niggles, you can have – you can put put some fun shoes in the lineup. Because, well, tell us your like, lineup. Tell us what you've been circling between your while. What? Tell us a bit about like you know how much what you what are you running at the moment in terms of how much volume and then obviously the shoes you're using for slow runs and fast sessions at the moment. Yes. So I'm running about this week was 90k a week, and I'm doing yeah. two sessions. One of them, well, both of them to be honest, are more threshold based sessions. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them might be a little slower, a bit longer, and the other one might be progression and faster. Use pretty much exclusively Alpha Fly for that. Like yeah, I've, okay. I've tried them now. I've tried the I've tried the models that are out there, and that is like what I go back to every time. Mm-hmm. Fits better, feel good. I mean, I'm I'm even warming up and cooling down in it some days <laughs> because it, it feels so good to run in. And that's I just, a man I, that owns a shoe shop. <laughs> Mate, there's 40 mil of cushion. It's not a racing flat. Can hey, we call it? A, there's a new name, Super Shoe, and you can jog in Super Shoes. You can, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've been just doing – I did one workout in the Adios Pro 2, mm. but it went terribly and I got sore calves from it. So that's that's out now. I'm go- oh, that makes sense. You did call it the calf, your calf breaker, didn't you? I've got a pair just showing here. This is mm. the Adios Pro 2. Hold on, let me um, pull you up. Yep, Adios Pro 2. Um, this is the lateral side with the concavities. And obviously, you see the base, you can see the rods, the um, the continental outsole, nice and thin. Small surface area at the back. 
Um, and on the medial side, it's tough to tell from the footage, but a bit of a medial flare through the midsole. So meaning it just sort of inverts the foot a little bit, I reckon. So um, I, I'll, I'll go into mine later on, but I'll talk about wearing that this month as well. But So you tried it out and uh, for a threshold-type workout? Uh, it was eight by two minutes on, one-minute jog, so it was supposed to be a bit faster. And I didn't – my body wasn't great. I had a sore back at the time. But yeah. I just – every time I stray from the alpha, I question why I do it. So there's no more of that. <laughs> We're back. How did it, it feel was... in comparison? That it felt firmer. It felt less forgiving. I felt like I needed to hit the sweet spot better in the Adios rather than um, the Alpha, where I had just a wider footprint and a lot more, hmm. um, a lot more of a generous kind of uh, strike. Like I could land quite a few different ways, and I know that that's in contrast to some people who who say hmm. that they need to hit the sweet spot with the Alpha. But for me. Um, I can land in a few different areas on that shoe and still feel good. Nice. But that's, I mean, that's the fun shoe. I've, I've actually, today I, I ran in a, a pair of shoes that I think could be the most underrated shoe I've ever worn. And I've, I've been thinking about getting this shoe for a while because it's been sitting there and I've tried it and it makes sense for me, but I could never, I just didn't need it. Um, and then I forgot my shoes when I went to Ballarat the other day and I had to get something and I'm like, perfect. This is going to force me to get it. Mm-hmm. But it's this shoe right here. It's called the Saucony Endorphin Shift. Um, it's in the endorphin family yep. with the, the more popular speed. And then there is also the pro. Uh, yep. Those are more performance focused shoes. Whereas this one is an eBay shoe. Uh, yep. It doesn't have that uh, run PB midsole. It just has, well, I'm not even sure what they call it, but it's, it feels like a, well, they call it power run. It's firm yeah. EVA and it's, and it's really firm. Like when I press on it, I'm thinking this shoe would feel terrible to run in because of how mm. hard and firm it is. Mm. But it has this speed roll technology, the endorphins kind of um, they're famous for, which is that rocket feel. So mm. it's got a bit of rocket to it. And underneath the foot, you have so much cushion, so much off that you don't feel anything. So yeah. I was running on dirt roads today, a bit of fire road, some really rocky trail, and I just didn't feel anything because there's so much midsole that's not soft and spongy between me and the ground. Um, and there's, there's so much guts under my foot that I never bottom it out. I do get quite annoyed at the moment, like some of these shoes – uh, Nimbus Light's one of them, um, mm. where my foot feels like it goes through the cushion and I feel like I'm hitting the deck and, and I'm mm. bottoming the shoe out really quickly and easily. And and even the Invincible to a degree. Near the end uh, of the run for Invincible for sure. Yep. yep. So this shoe here, because it's so thick and it's still real dense EVA, mm. um, I felt like Invincible in this um, during the run. And it's, it's a Really good call, Julian. I reckon since I'm, my runs of like easy jogs have stretched out from 30 to 40 minutes out to about an hour now as well. So those shoes that are slightly firmer midsoles now, I'm gravitating to because they feel better by the end of the run. They're not mm. changing. And yeah. um, it's, you know, I reckon, when do we, um, when do we um, interview uh, Jared Ward? Was it like episode two? Oh, while ago, it could be a year yeah. ago. And he talked about using that shoe as like the preparation for the Adios Pro and some of his long workouts, didn't he? And I, we haven't talked about that shoe since. That's the first time we've talked about it since, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I we don't do. Uh, it's been a tough one because it's like not quite a hawker, so you're not going to get mm. a lot of the um, referral type customers into it. Yeah. It's not. It's not fast, so the fast customer is going to go for the endorphin speed. Um, well, how's it not, fit? Is it is it broad or is it narrow? Or? No, it's pretty medium. So yep. I had to. You can see the lacing. I actually had to really quite. Um, the first run, my foot went a bit numb, so I had to open the Span. lacing out and mm. lace lock it in the heel. Um, just because I because it was loose up front, I needed to secure the heel, so that's how I did it. So it's got this real wrap, like you can see it just sort of on the outside, oh, yeah. the upper there which again, perfect for me today, which was on trails. Mm. I could go down hills with a lot of confidence. At the back, 
has this plastic heel cup that runs yeah. all the way from sort of the midfoot area, quite strong, all the bit way. Bit of a guide rail. Bit of a guide it, rail. It going is. Yeah. And you can see on the medial side, it dips down into mm. the midsole. Um, mm. So that creates almost like a post. Yep. So there's actually some sort of protection, or not protection, but guidance for me because I do pronate pretty heavily. Are they, a four are they, mil drop? Four mil, yeah, there you go. Yep. Four mil, like, again, I'm a, I'm a midfoot striker, so it feels really natural not to have a big lump under my heel. Um, solid heel cup and just a lot of shoes. You can see the footprint. It's following the trend now of wider footprints for stability. Um, you mm. can see full contact out of sole. Not a lot of rubber, so exposed foam. That's one thing that we don't know how it's going to yep. wear time, especially where I run. Um, but that's what gives it a little bit more softness, not having like hard rubber. Outside. I guess my, my question is, Julian, like they obviously they got released with the Endorphin Pro 1 and 2 and there's obviously been the update for the Pro 2 and even the Speed 2. Did they go on with the um, the shift? They have a sec- their second, second model, the shift or...? This is no good for a shoe owner. This is actually yeah. the shift too. It so is, yeah, okay. It yeah. is different. Um, yep. This is the same midsole. I think it was just an upper change. Uh, so shift. it is accessible. You do, it is easy to find in retail or is it hard to find in retail? Mm, not really. It's not the most popular shoe. It's not stocked by a lot. We only got it for men just to give it a, tr- a try. Yeah. Um, even on foot, you've got a shoe like the Glide Ride that would probably competes with and the Glide Ride yep. is a little more rocked. Um, it's a little more sort of, uh, it's going to fit the customer who wants some sort of Achilles unloading a little more. This is yep. a pretty niche little area of someone like me who wants a hard phone. Is that still good off. for like a bit of midfoot stiffness and forefoot stiffness as yeah, well? It yeah, is. it's a stiff shoe. So yeah. it needs to, I think it'll get better in another 100 Ks, but at the moment, like it's pretty firm through there. It's interesting because we're starting to see like, you know, we'll talk about this later on, but about, you know, accessibility of shoes for the next couple of years, you know, things like even the Hoka Bondi, the Moore V3, all these traditional shoes that we use to try and offload the midfoot and the big toe, they're becoming more sparse now. And um, Mm. the Endorphin Shift is a shoe that I've completely forgot about. They're just hard to access as well, but that would probably categorically fall in that area a little bit for not like a pretty traditional width foot. Yeah, that's like we're going big on them next year. They like, well, I can't really give that sort of stuff away yet, but mm-hmm. they are changing next year and um, it feels pretty good. Maybe a little more rocket in the newer model. Um, nice. Yeah, I think it'll, I think it actually becomes a little more like we, we classified it as in between Glide Ride and a Bondi. That's yeah, where good. It's going to fit. Yeah. Mm. It's still yeah. stiff though. How would you handle that shoe, Tommy? Um, you know, that, my question was going to be what, what shoe would you compare it to? So you've kind of answered that. Um, I, yeah, like, as you know, like I don't get, I don't get along with the, the low drop stuff. So for you'd add nine meals to it, you'd add nine meals to yeah. enjoy it. Sure. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's too much shoe for you. You'd find it heavy and you'd find it, um, clunky. Whereas yeah, me, I find like, that I, with the, um, I find that with the glide ride. I was, I was saying to someone the other day. Um, the glide ride I enjoy if I'm on like a dead flat surface, steady sort of pace. But if as soon as it's like <laughs> hills, any hill, it just it just feels clunky, um, yeah, and heavy. Remember that run we went for in uh, in uh, the SMA conference, Tommy? The first <laughs> yeah. time we went for, I found a trail and I was wearing the glide ride. <laughs> so, I rolled my ankle so like nine times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, never blast and glide ride are not made for trail. Um, yeah yeah, yeah. I was, we were on a trail today and i had these on and i actually like for the first time in years bombed down the downhill and the guy behind me is using his zoom flies as, as an excuse why he couldn't keep up but fair <laughs> <laughs> pretty fair that yeah, like no. that's they're not a good trail shoe the old zoom fly no they're not no. so what else have you been no. wearing uh julian now that you get back into it? has that been a pretty staple shoe or you you've been running in traditional shoes as well yeah, uh, well, it's hard to find traditional shoes. Like, oh, they're still out there. I don't have many. Um, I like the. <laughs> I've, I've been running in the Invincible, the Glide Ride, the Shift. Um, it's a the lot eight, of shoe. They're all the a lot of shoe. <laughs> I know, I know. And I put the eight eighty, and I'm like, 
oh, this is like being back in a racing flat from the olden days. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Vongo, mm. another oh, shoe. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lot under it. Um, yep. I can't get away with less. I just, I just mm. love shoe. I love just not like my foot coming down and just having a meat of protection underneath it, just a big slab. Are you are you weighing a bit less now? You know, you're doing a lot of cross training and stuff as well. And what are you wearing the cross oh, really? trainer? Pegasus, because they're narrow and they oh, can yeah. fit in the um, they can <laughs> the fit cavity. in the yeah the cavity. <laughs> it's the narrowest shoe I got. I tried to get on with my Stinsons the other day, and they were actually bigger <laughs> than the paddle. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, what cool. did I? I wore the Magic's. No, yeah, the Magic Speeds from Asics for one of the workouts. Surely you put um, a heel pitch in that shoe for the elliptical. No. Off of the elliptical, yeah, no, yeah, no. for the elliptical, got on the race shoe. Looks good to walk into the gym with. Mm. Looks, that's like, a tough know, shoe. That one, that shoe is dramatically changing. Um, the next year coming out as well. I was lucky enough to see that from Asics recently as well. But the shoe is almost more like, um, you know, like a dense Magic Speed coming out for the following year. So that. I didn't mind the magic speed for juniors, to be honest. Like, you know, the super world, super shoe world, people sort of gravitating towards it, kids wearing a bit more shoe with a bit of a rocker, uh, less heel pitch to it. But I have also seen a lot of Achilles issues in the senior runners going to try and run tempo runs in the magic speed just because the rocker starts so far, like, proximally, so far back in the shoe with low heel pitch, soft heel. And I think the carbon's only within the, f- the first two-thirds of the shoe. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. So. But that shoe dramatically gets a facelift for um, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we did well with it in that space as well. Like mm. $250 is a funny price point. It would have gone better a little less. I reckon it would have gone better at, at like 220 or something um, yep. just because it, is, it isn't quite a super shoe. And yep. it's good for someone who is doing some track work, some cross-country that Absolutely. kind of stuff, but they're not getting a P-backs foam with it. They're not getting like the Metaspeed yep. Sky that um, that costs three, what was that? That was a bit anyway, 330 maybe. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it would, it would have been a little bit better price for the juniors. We did a lot to juniors as well, but yeah. there's always that thing, you bring out a $250 shoe for a, a junior athlete. It's their second shoe and it's yeah, like mum and dad are like, oh, this is just a what once a week shoe. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's but still a better yeah. shoe than the Edge. You know, like the Edge is this impossible shoe. Like I put on a Sky on one foot the other day, and uh, an Edge with it as well. So Maddie Glias, who works at the running company in Adelaide as well, I put PS both. I put one on one foot and one on the other, and they just like the Sky felt so much better than the Edge. I just could not believe that the stack height of the foam could feel so different. So. Um, so that edge shoe really, you know, is a bit of a niche, you know, grass surface, perhaps more compliant surface doesn't boom as much, but definitely on the road, hitting it really hard. The sky felt like a way better shoe. So interesting. Mm. Yeah, that's me. That's me done. What about you, Tommy? Tell us why your carbs are sore, mate. So you ran 10 Ks last night in the Dragonfly, two weeks out from the Melbourne marathon, uh, state champion though. So it's uh, got to feel good to run 29 low, 29.09, is that right? Yeah, 29.09. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a good night. Um, the track the track was pretty hard um, yep. and the dragonflies are a bit old. So I reckon... Yep, got it. Yeah, I don't know, like 8K into it, just started to feel the car slightly. Um, mm. But then, I, yeah, thinking back, like compared to um, Matumbo's, I reckon I'd be... Would have been sore like two k in in Matumbos. Mm. <laughs> I've done ten k track Matumbos before. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I use the dragonflies like every Wednesday, so I'm somewhat conditioned yep. to it. It's just, it's just, um, I I normally use them on like a really nice soft synthetic oval. It was quite. Is that why like they? This. Is that why they cooked? You know, because you use them every Wednesday, or <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. You're yeah, they're they they good. They're good. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a fresh pair waiting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to use the Zatapec pair. I got a pair waiting. <laughs> Good. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, other shoes like I, I, to be honest, as I said to you guys before, I, um, I haven't been running anything uh, new or exciting. So I've pretty well, much been wearing the in last night. Um, oh, you won't like this. New Hyperion Tempo Rebel. Rebel, oh, Rebel. Rebel V two. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
I've actually been Run running it. in the Re the Rebel V2 and the Invincible a little bit. And um, so, yeah, I've been getting a little bit of that bottoming out um, thing that you guys um, just spoke about. But um, oh, I'd yeah. be bad in the Rebel. Yeah. You, you f yeah, you feel in the Rebel, but like the, the, the enjoyment of it's still there. Like even though it does feel like towards the end of a like 12, like 10K in maybe, um, still still fun. It's still, it's still light and soft. Um, and you're pretty lightweight yeah. at the moment, aren't you, Tommy? What do you weigh? You're like 65 probably, you reckon? Uh, I wish. No, I'm down. I'm probably like I was hovering. I'm like 72 when I'm just not racing. Um, yeah. But then I'm down to like probably 69 now. Okay. So, nice. yeah, yeah, the shoes shoe preference does change slightly. Even even like I reckon three or four kilos, it can mm. it can change slightly. Yeah, and yeah. how you're feeling too, like how fit you are. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Changes yeah. yeah. I reckon I reckon Julian will go to slightly less shoe within the next two to three months. Would be my guess. I've just made just... a claim. It's the best shoe. I'm not leaving it. <laughs> your home. Yeah, I reckon you'll go a little bit less. Is my guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't worn the um, the Hyperion Tempo for a while. Mm. Do like that shoe though. Another uh, one. The bottom. What so what's yeah? What's your long run shoe at the moment? That's probably the biggest thing people see on Strava. Tommy running between so, thirty to thirty-five k's. What are you wearing for that now? Still the high, I need, still the Rocket X or what? <laughs> yeah, I need a new shoe. I need a new shoe yeah. for this purpose. Um, so you can give me some recommendations. But I'm I'm I've just about cooked the Rocket X. So. I've still been using it. Like, I wore it today. Yeah, it's a great long run. How shoe. are we going to recommend shoes, Nitta, for a long run shoe when he wears a carbon race like a race day shoe for for long runs? What what are you yeah. going to throw at him? Well, it's tough because Tommy's really like pretentious with weight, aren't you? Like weight's a big Very. deal for you, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and your long runs are pretty important. No so I don't know. Like if you put a traditional like um you know heavy on you for like like at the moment all my long runs i mean could you wear it could you happily wear a nova blast for your long run or you just yeah, too yeah, clumsy yeah. for you I used, no no no. like nova yeah. blast was my long run shoe before rocket x there you go yeah so i would say yeah. go back to a nova blast too like a bit eight mil pitch it's not that heavy it's relatively responsive out of the sort of range of high stack shoes i'd say endorphin speed what do you reckon i'm thinking i might get it uh, yeah. i think it's a, i think the endorphin speed is still a little bit yeah, it's a bit it's a bit too rapid for a long run, but you're wearing a hot, you're wearing a Rocket X. Like I can't wear that shoe for a long run as well. So yeah, so Endorphin probably... Speed is, is shoe is one of the best shoes in the industry and has changed the game a little there. It's funny, I uh, one of the guys I saw is a podiatrist over in Tassie, uh, Angus Lanecki. I think you sold him a pair of like Air Victories a while back, uh Julian. He's a nice guy. He's actually got a pair of RC Elite Twos and he's a middle distance runner and he's been wearing the RC Elite Two for a few of his longer runs. Like it's like it doesn't it's a bit you know, you don't run quite as quick in it as you would in a Vaporfly. Maybe maybe Tommy would get along with a an RC Elite 2 for a long run. Maybe. I. Yeah. It's probably just the stability that's the problem there. Especially, yep. yeah, um, they are so soft. They are. Like incredibly yeah. soft. And they don't have the width to back that up. Yeah. So you do fall off the shoe a bit. Nearly everyone falls off that shoe. Well, it's a couple of good shoes coming out in 2022, race. which you probably can't talk about yet, Julian, but there's some coming up in the future that you might like as well from mm. New Balance or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. The one that, I mean, it was due. It's going to be too heavy for Tom. Yeah, Tom, what's okay. your weight limit? What's the maximum you'll wear? Um, like two, 230 grams. Okay. It's too heavy. Too heavy. Yeah. 230? Yeah. 230 that's is light, a, mate. That's, two, 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 that's a racing flat, mate. <laughs> yeah, but in my size, it's like 280. Yeah, gotcha. 13. Yeah, yeah. Still, there's not a lot of jogging shoes that are under 230. Maybe one. I'm just trying to look at my shoe. This is, this is my shoes here in the corner. I'm thinking, looking at all these ones through here. I reckon, actually, Tom, what about the Aurora from Brooks? The one that you've been, you know, yeah, the one yeah. we've so we, been, we, I've been we, running heaps. I've been running heaps in the Aurora. Yeah, so that's uh, been I probably a good long run in that. Yeah, it's responsive. It's still soft underfoot. Um, the fits probably the only issue is the fits not perfect. Um, yeah, but it's still a nice shoe. Like I've, underfoot, I've, I've worn this shoe probably more than anything else this last month. Yeah, that's, so and Tom, that's one shoe. Yeah. So ten days to the marathon is it? Ten days? Two weeks? Uh, two weeks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and and you've got your shoe selection sorted for them. Like we won't talk to you before then. <laughs> You're sort of uh, no, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll be I'll be in the next percent version one. Even yeah. though, even though it's less performance enhancing, 
than the alpha fly. <laughs> individual uh, variation. Hey. Yeah, individual oh, I don't variation. know. You know he did this. A study. We we had yeah, him that's on. The average. We went we went over this. <laughs> Tom, have you, I mean, some people are some people are really like overkill with this. Have you done anything like twenty k no. runs at marathon pace, measuring heart rate? Oh, sorry, you don't you use know, heart rate. Do you? you know, I'm not scientific. You know, I'm yeah, not yeah, like okay. you guys. I go by feel. <laughs> I go by All feel. Right. So no, nah, it it uh, for starters, the Alpha Fly gave me like really sore feet after twenty k, which was just one one attempt. It could have been other reasons, you know. Mm. No, nah, that was weird. And then but it just bombs. felt like it was changing my stride. Um, okay. <laughs> no, nah, it was changing my stride too much. I I, I prefer a, a, a higher cadence, which the next percent facilitates better. All right, locked in. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Definitely, it's definitely locked in. Like, it's not even a question for me anymore. Like, I eventually was bullied into getting the Alpha Fly by you two, and um, and <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I was I was optimistic. I was actually I was excited and optimistic about it, but. All right, Tom, hypothetical. You get to the start line, uh, you have your shoes ready, some guy comes and steals them, but you, someone comes up to you and offers you any other shoe that you're going to wear. What's the second shoe you wear on oh, that definitely, day? Definitely ASIC's um, Metastase okay. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, I've really enjoyed that shoe. I wear that shoe. So I've been wearing that alternating between that, uh, that shoe and the next percent most Saturdays. Yep. Have you had Jason um, come to uh to Sydney yet to sort of discuss the Meta Sky no. Two? Yeah, no, no, no. Good. But from what you said, the Sky yeah. Two sounds good. Yeah, so it looks like a bit more surface area in the forefoot. Uh, it looks lighter, which will suit you to the T. Yeah, I think I think Julian will like the shoe as well. To be honest, I think he'll probably actually gravitate to it a bit more than average as well. So, hmm, good. We'll mm. see. We'll what see. Have you been wearing. Yeah. Uh, everything, mate. I've I've been uh, all my sessions have been sort of mixed between super shoes at the moment. Um, the one I've gravitated to for the track sessions has been the. Uh, granted, I'm doing more sort of high intensity work and less threshold work, so I've been wearing the um, uh, the Adios Pro Two for reps of fours. You know, some threshold work. I definitely don't find it quite as comfortable or stable when I'm running sub maximally, but when I'm running four hundred meter reps, etc., this is the one shoe that I can get close to race pace. Uh, feeling probably because it's firmer under the foot, to be honest. Um, I find it quite responsive and I feel like I'm falling out the shoe less when the pace is higher. So, um, so the Adios Pro 2 has been my go to in terms of sessions at the moment. And I've mixed that between wearing, you know, I've got staple shoes that I've been wearing for volume. I actually put on an old pair of 4% that I actually wore at Steigen in 2018 when I ran. Like 31 low right and that shoe i remember being the softest shoe on the market i haven't worn the shoe much for about two to three years and i sent you guys a message and i'm not sure if it's because i've got like a handful of so many super shoes with more foam now but it felt really firm and hard and i'm just wondering if the foam has either deteriorated have you guys experienced that with any shoes that you've had for two to three years put them back on down the track with a zoom x or whatever and being like this shoe is not what it was three years ago I have no idea if it's in my head from wearing new shoes or if it, the foam is actually deteriorating, but I would not race in that shoe anymore. I, I don't think that I've ever put a shoe on after not wearing it for two or three years. Like, <laughs> I can't see why I would want to do that. Well, mate, I put them on because I have them, right? They're the Flyknit version. And yeah. maybe they, everyone says the Flyknit version was maybe firmer anyway. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I found to me, I felt, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's just it. Maybe I've just worn the next percent so many more times since then and the Alpha Fly, the shoe just feels firmer. So I actually wore them for a couple of sessions on surfaces that are more compliant. So I've actually found the shoe good on soft surface. I found the, the 4% too too firm on a hard surface. So I think that's, a, you know, that's an age-orientated thing oh, perhaps. Sensitive. I'm not sure. That's a sorry state. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Netta. We lost you. Yeah, it's gone. And I've worn the uh, the dragonfly in some workouts. I I raced a fifteen hundred in a pair of dragonflies and pulled up pretty good. But last night I ran the old man's uh, state five k here in South Australia in the Alpha Fly. So because you can over thirty five, you can wear the old oh, man's what? shoe. Says yeah. who? Oh, I can't believe you did that. I did. And who uh, said helped- that's okay? Hey, no. Well, in our rules through here, you, you sort of they they'll they'll have discretion um, for people that aren't under twenties and open. Um, and if you're over, if if you wear if you run in an open race and you're over thirty five, you will still have an asterisk next to your name. But if you run the over thirty five, they'd seem to 
not question it. So, um, so and there's no dope. way. It's okay to dope in the, in the over 35. <laughs> but my we car's a separate got race. Yeah, separate race. Over 35, separate race. Yeah. So, mate, last night's race in South Australia, like, you know, uh, actually the front pack of the South Australian race last night, one, two, and three were all wearing the new ASICS Meta LD, um, all the Team Tempo boys, and they ran 13, 40, 40, 40, 40 flat, 44, and 50. So um, that shoe seems to be. I don't know if you even you stock it yet. I'm not even sure you stock it yet. But oh, it's, um, we've never we haven't been offered that. No. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful shoe. Like a lot of mid. I think it's the highest midsole running spike on the market at the moment for the middle distance running range. That's legal for like for 1500 meters plus. So, so um, it's good. It does look. I mean, it feels good. I got uh, lucky enough to get a pair, but it was a bit too small for me. So, um, but they do feel like more foam. Feels more like a traditional flat. It feels closer to the vapor fly than it does to a track spike, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. foam as the meta speed, right? Meta speed. That's it. And the plate sort of stuck in the shoe. No spike. That's probably the downside. I reckon they could probably what? add spikes. Yeah, no spike. So um, you could probably add spikes to it. it makes the shoe a bit better, I reckon. So um, What's it? so it's I like small understand. it's small plastic teeth. Small plastic teeth around the actual um uh you know like the it's, it's like a Matumbo. It's almost like a Matumbo plastic sole, but the teeth itself are the grip. So, okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, a nice, yeah. So the Alpha Flyer pulled up pretty well in that. Uh, very clumsy shoe when you try to pick up the pace, um, <laughs> but very yeah. good shoe to run in when you're not running quite at pace. And when you're a complacent 36 year old guy running 5K races, they're perfect for a long run the next morning. So. Is there anybody yeah. in the race that wore legal shoes? Uh, yeah, a lot of people did wear dragonflies. There were a fair few in there, to be honest, in the Masters. Um, but a lot just wore vaporflies or um, traditional running shoes. You know, people, by the time you get to 35, you're still running 5Ks on track. Some people are wearing Kayanos, you know, so it's just, it's just the we, way it we is. Had a so. guy, we had a guy last night that got DQ'd in our, our race. No, no kidding. Yeah, he wore next percents. I chatted to him briefly before the race. Um, he was concerned about injury risk. Uh, like, mm. I don't know how old he was, but he's he's probably do you, do you, maybe. Don't you have Don't you me. have the option just to put in the shoe that you're wearing and just wear the asterisk next to your name? Yeah. So he raced. Yeah. And he finished, but his results were not well, like he had, no time. he had no time. Uh, you should be getting. D- I saw the DQ next to his name. Yeah, I'm pretty you sure should, he was the guy I spoke to that, that wore the next percents. You should be getting the time and you should be getting an asterisk next to the name. So should that should be as simple as that. But you guys might have different criteria than what we do. Like we sign in online and and if you you put in the name of the shoe that you're wearing. Oh, no, um, we, didn't, we didn't do that. Ah, New South Wales. Classic. But you no, guys... it, it, I, <laughs> I don't know about the asterisk stuff. It's just well, not – it should just be not allowed. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, like we in the open race last night, there was a veteran runner that ran the A race and he wore a pair of Vaporfly, so he can't wear that, but he was able to run. So whether or not he should give his spot to someone else who wears a, um, you know, a non, he's, he's faster in a pair of super shoes than someone who wears a pair of Dragonflies, whether or not he should not get a spot because he's wearing an illegal shoe, that's the question, isn't it? He took someone's spot, didn't he? So he, he essentially gets a, gets a run. Um, in the A race, so what do you what do you guys think of like whether you know should people get the race and get a result because they're good at running in the super shoe, or do you think they should be saying, oh, actually, you know, if you want to wear a super shoe, you have to wear run a category of shoe or run a category race that allows you to wear it, like community race or an over thirty fives race. Yeah, I think the top race should be playing by the rules. They should yeah. all be on the the same playing field because within the race, things can happen. That- yeah affect the outcome of the race and they, some of these might be championship races like it was right. South Australia championships so right. I mean the re- major reason I ended up running over 35 because I was never going to wear a dragonfly so I was you know I'm still like you know coming back from injury so I decided to run over 35s and put an old man shoe on but the, at the moment we have the opportunity to be able to wear a shoe and just put our name down with the fast time run the a race if we want to if we've run the time and wear a super shoe and wear an asterisk here so it's like there's no there's no continuity between the states here as well. So it must get confusing when sending the results off to World Athletics as well. So you could potentially yeah. run the A race in a pair of 
alphas get an asterisk. Yep. Say you run 15, 10. Yep. Then you, or you could run in the other race and run 15, 10 and, and your time's actually legit and recorded. It's a good question. I don't know if my time in over 35s is legit and recorded. So um, it may not be, to be honest. I'm not sure. Probably not fast enough anyway, so it shouldn't really matter. So, <laughs> But in saying that, if I ran a B race perhaps and wore an illegal shoe or an over 35s race and I run 14.30 and run a PB, that might become my world athletics time if I'm over 35 years of age. I actually don't know the answer to that, to be honest. Mm. It's a yeah, good question. Yeah. It's so it's so ambiguous at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I look at I looked at what was happening at the local level just in some picks in yep. Ballarat, and it's just a it, no one's checking shoes. You no, can wear no, whatever you absolutely. want. Yeah. Absolutely. And that stuff goes to World Athletics. It's all AV. It's all AA. Absolutely. Yeah. It all goes up. I mean, NCAA's are allowing super shoes still as well in some categories. Like it is confusing when there's no continuity between different mm-hmm. high organisations. But yeah, you know, last night someone did wear a pair of super shoes in the A race and. I don't know whether they get an asterisk on the result. They don't go to World Athletics or whether they keep it, perhaps. I'm not sure. So uh, it is what it is. So uh, yeah. I, I mean, one day they'll, they'll probably change the rules within a few months. But um, but anyway, back to the shoes I'm wearing. The shoes I've been wearing the most has probably been the swapping between the Aurora and um, the Mizuno Wave Sky. You know, the ones we, were, we um, did a review on maybe two mm-hmm. episodes ago, I reckon. Um, it's softened up a bit more for me for about maybe after about 150Ks. And I've done about 300 in them, and they've been pretty good, to be honest. Like, they're heavy. Um, so, for Tom, you'd find them heavy, I'm assuming, the Sky. They're heavy, but they're enjoyable because they are soft. Yeah. Yeah, soft, yeah. And they're relatively yeah. responsive. Like, they're not like a, yeah. a a soft soft. They're like a responsive soft. Soft with a pop, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's I've been wearing, now that I'm running more like 80Ks a week, 70 to 80Ks a week, I've been wearing shoes that are a little bit firmer, like Julian said at the start of the episode, to wear a shoe that's not bottoming out by the end. But still, my go-to shoes when I'm a bit tired and cooked and I'm running more 30, 45 minutes, it's been still the the Clifton um, or the the Invincible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good so, one. And that's been the cycle. You still, yeah. Are you still going out casually in your Cliftons, going to pubs and bars in your Cliftons? <laughs> that was a holiday, mate. And it was in Tasmania. <laughs> I fitted right in. But I have to say, Julian's mentioned his most underrated shoe of uh, of the year. Tom, you didn't mention your most underrated shoe of the year. Not that that needs to – we didn't actually agree that was going to be a a, um, a thing on this episode. But the most underrated shoe I've found in terms of workouts is still this guy. Still oh, the, here we go. The New You'll Balance 5280. And to be honest, I did a workout in 300s the other day and it was back – it was bringing me back to like, you know, 2010, 15 times for 300-meter reps. But – you know, uh, the 5280, the reason it's so underrated is because it was so hard to access, you know. <laughs> I could have got this on Runner's, um, uh, runners where, Running Warehouse. Yeah, Running Warehouse bought tons yeah. of them. Yep, and I paid a mortgage for them, maybe 320 bucks for them. Yeah. And um, they are, I think they're about 24, 25 mils maybe. They're legal for the 1500, but they're not for the 800. I still put a heel pitch in them. This is the the outsole's fantastic. You know, this on the it's built for the road mile, but on the track it's brilliant still. So um, very small outsole. surface area. You don't want to really want to hit the rear foot. Pretty clumsy shoe, but if you hit the forefoot, it's fine. Uh, stiff carbon plate. The fuel cell foam. The upper is terrible. They don't even need laces. The laces don't really do anything. You could probably have mm. the same shoe result without the laces. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I went down half a size unfortunately. So. Do blame Matty Spicer for that. He said they do run a bit small, but they actually run true to size. So <laughs> that's the shoe that Ali ran at, at Doha. 10, yeah, thirty-one eighteen. That's it. That's her shoe. And I told her to put a heel raise in it before the race, but I don't think she ever did. She would around thirty-one ten. If she not, did everyone that. is old and broken like you. <laughs> hey, Tommy, what what sort of heel raise are you running at the moment? Uh, I got I got a heel raise in every shoe, mate. Every shoe. <laughs> um, I reckon that's part of the reason why I don't get. Well, touch wood, um, I'm getting less Achilles issues because I just I prophylactically pop the heel raises in now. I don't I don't react to it. I just I just always have it in. Do you um, yeah. next next percent as well? Uh, when I so I'm going to race without it. Um, wow. Training, yes, but yeah. I'm going to race without it. Yeah. Two weeks off afterwards. Reasoning. I think in the next percent, it does feel a little bit more stable and I, it does feel like I'm loading 
calf a bit more. And I, I mean, the, the Achilles is, you know, your, your biggest tendon. So if I can get a yep. little bit more extra um, economy yep. from using my tendon a bit so more, load I'll up. use it in the race. So, yeah, win, yeah. Win the big dollars and take the time off. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. Good yeah. point you make there. Yeah. It's a good point actually around mm. a lower drop shoe being able to utilize the uh, potential energy um, storage of an Achilles, like that elastic sort of yeah. energy. Um, Absolutely. One of the reasons they made the Alpha Fly four mil drop was to increase how much mm. Achilles involvement there was and therefore make it more economical, hopefully. Yep. Right. I didn't but know that was an actual conscious um, yeah, thing. Yeah, it was. They- Wow. Well, to tell them I put a heel raise and it feels better with a heel raise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the new one actually, like I have seen photos of it, Mm. um, proper ones, and I think the new one, mm, I'm not sure if it goes up or not, but that's one of the considerations as why some people weren't selecting them over the vapor is that the the low drop turned them off. Um, Yeah, okay. And like in to, to increase the commercial nature of it, they might go back up to, to a higher drop. Mm. But Well, Julian, tell me, these shoes are harder to find now and they're going to be harder to find in 2022. Tell us why. Mm. Yeah, the, the industry, like it's not even the, just the footwear industry. It's pretty much every industry is suffering big time in being able to access and get their products um, out of Asia and into Australia and then into stores. Uh, the footwear industry is predominantly based like China, Vietnam, and uh, Vietnam went into lockdown, South Vietnam anyway, for like mm. from July until, or July or August until October it was, mid-October. And what that means is that everyone's, like all the brands, their footwear just got put on hold, the production of footwear. So mm. everything that was due to arrive sort of early next year late this year is now that on delay basically and the mm. amount that they were able to produce is lower um so if you could imagine that there's this big backlog of product trying to come out of those warehouses yep um australia is not necessarily the number one market in the world so that the product that comes up will go to the higher priority markets first mm-hmm. and we'll get sort of we're down the, the list a bit the pecking order yep. Um, so that's a big problem. We're seeing delays for some of the brands up to like four months. Um, some, some brands I, I saw are canceling their seasons with a lot of retailers. So wow. they're, they're basically just going to a retailer and saying, yep. there'll be nothing, there'll be nothing for the first half of this year. So, um, from basically December through to, to May, yep. you're not, you won't be getting any product. Um, again, wow. the prioritize the pecking order thing. Shoes will go mm. to the more favoured retailers and distributors or whatever. Yep. Um, and that's so that's one of the main problems. And then the, the second product problem is shipping. So mm. there's just there's a shortage of shipping containers, and the price of shipping containers has gone through the roof. And there's yep. a shortage of ships. So mm. COVID has just changed the production in this like this manufacturing and supply. To, demand whole situations gone mm. got way out of whack the de- the demand is just killing the supply and uh that's creating massive delays with shipping so the suez canal drama put a backlog to stuff yeah shipping container backlog as well as the docks so the docks in a lot of countries australia in particular are having dramas delays but i'm not sure the exact reason why but um yeah having trouble unloading ships basically. So even if the product got here, it can't get off the ship. Um, We've heard from the ASICS rep as well. Can even even the manufacturing process of designing shoes and their function, their outcome, they've been doing a lot digit, digitally now. So like online, so they haven't had the shoe in person. And so where they're being produced, for example, the outcome of the shoe and how its function is might be a bit different to previous or how they've previously designed it so you know if someone you know you have like um eight developers from six different countries in the world there's usually feedback from those people and the shoes in person you know you're doing this by a digital platform now you're not doing it by in-person testing consistently so the outcomes of some of the shoes and the feedback is going to be done probably maybe more visually um so you know that it'll be interesting to see what the shoe 
not just comfort, but functions like in the next couple of years, it'd be almost like um, someone flukes a perfect shoe or someone, <laughs> you know, doesn't, doesn't do very well. And then suddenly the, the shoe that they've had successful for 20 years just completely changes, for example, as well. I think it'll come down as well to someone who, like some of the companies might be based in China rather than in Vietnam. And those that are in China and have their developers on the ground in China, they'll be able to, um, they'll be able to basically like get that right. Whereas if you are in another country and you can't really travel there and you can't, so like say a shoe designer probably spends half his life in Southeast Asia. Um, mm. and, and if it is in a country like China, which they've been able to get to, then you might be able to get on top. I know Hocker, Hocker, the road department or some of the road shoes were based in North Vietnam and they didn't go through the same lockdowns as South Vietnam. So they might be more on time than their trail shoes, which I think, uh, well, maybe it was just a priority thing, but some of the, some of the factories in South Vietnam weren't producing anything. And so it just, it came down to a bit of luck where you, which factories that you were producing what. Yep. So my advice for Tommy is get your next pair of dragon. Oh, you got your pair of dragonflies fresh. Get your next pair, yeah. the next percent from Julian as soon as you can. Otherwise, you're going to be waiting twelve months, perhaps, so, or missing it. Are there are there brands in particular that are, are harder hit than others, or would you say it was just across the board, pretty much? Um, at the moment, there's probably some brand like how we're finding it is some brands are a little bit more insightful into what's happening, and some yeah. are a little more blind. So yeah. the feedback that we're getting coming from the, the Australian sort of distributors and the Australian branches, some are more up to date than some of the others who have sort of got their head in the sand a little bit and refusing mm. to sort of believe what's happening and a little bit in denial. Or yep. they're just towing a, towing a line that they've been told to saying, oh, we're all good, nothing's like no problems, whatever, when you're like – how can you guys be okay when everyone else is not? And then a week later you get the call saying, oh, hey, hey you want to talk about your orders? Like we're going to be way mm. behind. Um, so everyone's hit basically. Some yep. brands some brands have gone about strategizing, getting stuff in earlier. So uh, loading up on what's available now, we're carrying them through. You'll find the shoes will update mm. less in the yep. future. So for instance... Uh, in the past, we might have seen shoe updates once a year. You might see shoe updates once every two years now just because um, the, it's safer for them to do that. It's cheaper for them to do that. Uh, they'll, mm. they'll use the line, oh, we want more consistency in our range, but it yep. comes down to dollars and it's cheaper to do that. And, um, mm. Yeah, so yeah. like the, the, the advice right now is, is if you've got a shoe that you need over summer, you, you need to get it. Like don't just think oh, I'll just sort it out when the time comes. Um, even I've been getting shoes and putting them aside for me because I know I'm going to have trouble getting mm. them for myself. Um, yeah. So I'm not. I'm, I'm pulling so, the trigger. So many shoes. so many Sakoni shifts your way, mate. Oh, mate! If I could find another, I'm going to have to buy them full price somewhere because I don't think <laughs> I can get them anymore. But maybe, maybe like I tend to be a bit rash with my decisions with this. So in two weeks, I might hate them. <laughs> so a, a listener question comes in from me in relation to children's shoes and we're going to start with tom because tom's kids are the oldest in this through here so let's uh tom you got a four sorry a three-year-old and a five-year-old or a two-year-old and a four-year-old yeah. is that right three and five yeah three and, three five. and five yep yeah and What's the question? So what's the question, Nita? Que Sorry, on. the question is: uh, What do you recommend for your kids to to wear from day to day and uh, for activity purposes? Um, so essentially, um, when I'm looking for shoes, I I do the old bend test. So mm -hmm. I essentially just want to find a shoe that. Well, actually, before that, is the fit. <clears throat> this is like with just with fitting a running shoe. Like before you try the comfort of the shoe. The fit is important. I think the fit is probably mm. more important with kids. So, what's um, what's what, what what attributes of the fit are important for a kid? You know, you've got Julian has got Pia. Pia, Pia is what one month old now? Two months. Hey, two months. Oh, Sorry, not two months. My bad. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, Zara. Zara's Zara's sixteen months now. So and Zara as well. So you go sixteen months. What are you looking for in a fit? Um. So it's obviously the, the main thing is like the length. You, you, you want to get a shoe that's not too short <laughs> and you want to make sure that you're checking it regularly. Um, yep. I've even like, I'm a podiatrist and the other 
the other month, I obviously wasn't checking regularly enough, but Leo was in a pair of shoes that were too small. And I was like, okay, that's bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, the length, just the length. You gotta get the length right to begin with, obviously. So just what happens like, if they if you, if they don't? What what are the consequences? Well, well, there's actually I don't know if you saw that Nita, but did you see I that did. Japanese that Japanese study that I did? Um, the HIV study or the yeah, the HIV study. Yeah, so Alex mm-hmm. Valgus, so bunions. So yeah. you can increase like it just looks like there's like increased risk of things like bunions, yeah. um, which is basically a deviation of the big toe across towards the second toe. Well, that was um, the biggest. The biggest risk factor was ill-fitting footwear. Yeah, ill-fitting footwear. Yeah. Um, in kids, yeah. um, I think it was what what they were like um, primary school age kids. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was ridiculous. Like, so there was about I think it was something like seventy percent of the kids they found were in shoes that were too short, didn't have adequate length. To them, I think I think it was the um, they wanted ten mil as optimal. Mm. Which I thought for a kid is maybe a little bit excessive, but yeah, but you know, Probably. they found I yeah. think it was something like thirty percent were in a shoe that was either right on their toe or shorter mm. than their foot. Thirty percent, it's a lot. They're in, in their shoes that are too, they're literally too small. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it increased the risk of bunions by a lot. Like those yeah. kids in that group, I think it was like thirty percent increased risk of, mm. of a bunion or something. Um, so, yeah, so the length is something you get right to begin with and then it's something you got to keep checking with kids. Like kids' feet are going to grow and grow at random times. So mm. um, you'd look at a simple way to do it is I'll, you can obviously feel from the top, but if you take the insole um, out, if it's a shoe that has an insole, you can look at the indentations of their toes and how close they are to the end of that insole. And you can mm. see quite easily that way. So I'll, I'll check their shoes that have insoles um, in that manner. But then I guess the other the fit thing is um, toe box. So you, I know Nita, you've got that ridiculous sock shoe there to, to show. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's like an infant a, sock shoe, right? It is. It's called Atapas or something like that. My, I, yeah. I, did, I didn't research it. My wife researched it. She's way more educated yeah. than I am, and I'm a podiatrist. But um, like yeah. Zara wears these, and they they're way too long for her. But her toes can expand in them. So, <laughs> but they are really really wide. So. Um, and they're like a sock and a rubber sole, basically. So, but she's literally been walking for like a month and a half. So it's not like it's um, a performance oriented shoe by any means. She's literally just weight bearing on this piece of rubber so she doesn't step on something. Yeah, mm. yeah. And that'll be fully flexible, right? That's just like, oh yeah. This shoe is is, is an in and out shoe. I can yeah. turn it inside out and yeah. put it in the wash and squash it. And sorry, on my iPhone. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. 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 So they call those like it's an anatomical toe box. And in, 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 in young kids, um, they like any any kid you'll have, if you've got young kids, you look at their forefoot mm. and you look you look at the like from the big toe to the fifth, that's normally the widest part of their foot. Whereas mm. like most adults, the, the widest part becomes the ball joint, like from the, the like the side of the first MPJ to the fifth. Splice. The toes just gradually <laughs> they just mm. gradually come together as we get older and it's probably mm. to do with footwear um, yep. because yeah that natural splay we do tend to lose due, yep. due to just footwear use over the years so it was funny I uh, chicken from the running company um, he gave me the Nikes and they're like they're anatomically more like compared to a lot of other like kids shoes that I've seen yep. they're anatomically well fitted like they're almost like a bit of an, a mini ultra um, yeah. they're not like, they're not as wide as the Atapas by any means, but compared to other kids shoes, they're very wide in the forefoot. So, um, yeah. so Zara's worn this a few times. Um, it's a bit, bit, bit big for her, but, um, I still put them in cause it's good for Instagram. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, Nita, I got this one. I think it's the newer version maybe. Um, ah, uh, yeah. You can see, look how fat that shoe is. It's got laces. Like a, it's got laces. Little... That's sweet. Yeah, laces and Velcro, but it's a little chode of a thing. Like it's yeah. nearly as wide as it is. It is. Square. It's square. The forefoot's the widest. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's great. Hey, so do that, you have yeah. your? Do you have kids? Do you have those mini Alpha Flies there? Mini? No, I got me. I got these though. Well, oh, we should talk more. Tommy, I'll let you keep going. I'll let you keep going. Keep Tell going, us more Tommy. About kids. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was probably 
probably not far off finishing anyway. So the fit, the fit's probably the most important thing. And then, and then the function of the shoe is just, you, you, I guess the weight and stiffness are two big things. You, you don't want something that that's, that's heavy. And a lot, a lot of time the real heavy shoes are also quite stiff. So you struggle to bend, uh, bend the forefoot. So this is like an example of my daughter's shoe. So you want it to just to, just to bend like super easy and it can bend anywhere. Like you don't have, it doesn't have to be stiff through any part of the shoe. It doesn't need a shank, which, uh, you know, old school podi- podiatry sort of would say in adult shoes, you want it to bend in the forefoot and not to bend anywhere else. So you wouldn't want it to bend there, but that's not the case for kids. It doesn't matter. And even for adults, like I don't really think it's that important unless for specific people with certain conditions. So bending all the way through the sole is not, is, is a good thing. So it just needs to be flexible um, and relatively light and still like a toe box that's like, yeah, not too tapered, like not tapered at all, just as, as sort of square, uh, squared off and rounded across the big toe as possible. Actually, I've got Leo, a pair of these. There's, Zara's only 15 months or 16 squared months. Squared off. She does, she does what she's told, right? Do your, do your kids at three and five like complain about the shoes they wear in terms of like aesthetics or um, comfort? No, nah, comfort, no. Um, yeah aesthetics just my daughter because she's just classic girl that's like wants sparkly things <laughs> okay fair enough yep so she just yeah. does, a, does a kid <laughs> shoe need to have a heel in it so i've got i've got them both this you saw i think you maybe saw this on um oh on nice kids yeah yeah so i went to new balance outlet and picked up they both got like matching these matching new balance shoes and they they are literally so excited about these it was so hilarious they're like <laughs> they really kept like they were running up and down outside the front I of the saw, store like, yeah. they were like i can run fast now um but the, all these kids runners they have a drop right so they do have yep. and i'm not like i'm not yeah pretentious not about that i think what's that it's not a specific drop like three or four meals five meals no maybe, i don't or? know like it's there's no yeah. tech specs there's no tech yeah. specs for this stuff so <laughs> you, you you feel it so i can mm. feel that there's there's a drop and i, I had a pair mm. of adidas for um my daughter poppy that felt like it had like a decent drop in it and most of the mm. kids runners have a drop and like i'm they're not in them that often um mm. i think most shoes when they're adults they're going to have a drop so i'm yep. happy for them to develop as kids with a little bit of a drop um hmm. yeah so uh, a lot of other shoes like this casual one is is totally flat hmm. i'll get them going barefoot when when they can and when it's safe to go barefoot hmm. um but yeah it's just what it is that's what's on the market and i'm not gonna when they go to tassie when they go to tassie tom do you get them in like you know these massive like Welly, well, welly boots or whatever. Or... Yeah, I got, I got them. I got them wellies, as my my wife calls them. Yeah, um, well, wellies because... are good, aren't they? Yeah, these are yeah. these are zero zero drop wellies though, but they're high stack. <laughs> they're like the ultra of wellies, mate. <laughs> Wide four foot. Nice. Yeah. Probably get them ultras. <laughs> mm. I got, can you um, even get kids ultras? I mean, I think you yeah. can now. I've got oh, a wow. shoe that it's actually. Uh, doesn't fit any of that criteria. Oh, you're <laughs> kidding. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so these were a gift from a, a friend of mine who had them for his daughter. And then when she grew out of them, he um, he wanted them to go to a home that uh, that where that would be respected and loved. Appreciated, um, so you, yeah. So you, so you sit them on your own mantelpiece and just look at them. <laughs> yeah, like I try to get my foot in them sometimes. Um, so they're an Air Jordan, right? <laughs> this is the Air Jordan... One, it, it's actually it's a, a retro. It's not. It's not from the '86 or whatever when this one actually mm. came out. Um, I think it was from sort of early 2000s. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're Air Force cool, Ones, like the mm. colorway. No, they're the Air Jordan one, but not the Air, Air Jordan Force. one. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're really stiff. They're heavy. Yeah. They're leather. <laughs> they're going to be awful <laughs> for the <their> kids. <laughs> yeah. That's just for the photos. Let's just get them in the shoe. Get a few yeah. Yeah. naps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What, so, what do you reckon? Uh, what, what do you guys reckon about that question? Oh, that's yeah. Well, it's tough, mate. Like, I mean, Zara functions much better in a shoe that does fit not too big and not too small. So like that typical sweet spot, right? So she's too big. She just doesn't like wearing them. She sort of like has a steppage gait. She lifts her foot up and goes over the ground. And when she's too small, for example, like she can tell she's 
like taking a shorter, faster step. So when the shoe fits her pretty well, she functions really well. So the reason we picked this out of pass is that, you know, she's not really walking much. Um, so she can't run fast. So like a bit wider shoe with not much midsole is not a bad thing for her. She's not hitting the ground. And she definitely, when she put the um, the Nikes on for the first time, because there's more midsole, she sort of walked over the ground as well. Like she wasn't, she was, there must be a bit of a barrier between the ground and so what, what she perceives. It changes her gait attributes a little bit. But then, you know, after a week or two, the gait looked completely normal on the shoe. So she solved the puzzle. You know, the central nervous system gets clever, picks up what the shoe's like. It's still nice and lightweight, fits the foot in, and she's, you know, back functioning really well in the shoe. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you can we're probably lucky because we can see what normal function sort of looks like from day to day. But uh, I, I think at the end of the day, if the kid's not tripping and they're not complaining, the shoe runs good to length, um, a, a mild pitch in a shoe is not a problem. But at a really, really young age, a mile, having a zero drop shoe is probably not a problem either, to be honest. Yeah. 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 That's, we, in the store, we, we, we see that a lot of parents come in and chasing support. Oh, we need mm. a very supportive shoe for yeah. our children. And mm. we have to break that down a little bit, kind of like you mm. guys have, and just be like, mm, I don't really think you want it, your foot controlled at this young age. We, yeah, we prefer shoes that have more flex, like you guys said, mm. and um, a lighter, and just allow the foot to to be more of a a foot mm. rather than as like a control shoe. Like there's the Asics Kayano for kids. It costs like a hundred and eighty dollars, <laughs> and it's heavy and stiff, and it's like, like why is this a thing? Why is mm. this considered safe and popular? Or mm. like if you spend the money, then you you're giving your your child a, a better experience and it's safe yeah. for them when and it's, it's not it's not it's not evidence-based it's not evidence-based it's uh mm. it's perception based because of adult evidence and which is still pretty poor as well so but i guess if a market is adult based and you can convert it to kids you know people just gravitate to what they yeah. think it's if it works for them it'll work for their children doesn't it so we mm. we don't stop them for that reason like mm. like it's We'd rather have that 15 minute conversation and maybe lose a customer than, than put a child in something like that that really yep. doesn't need it. I mean, the, the, the other one though is we do get a lot of kids with severs who come in the store um, and they could potentially do with a little bit more stiffness in their shoe, maybe a little bit more heel as mm. well. He'll, and so, like, it doesn't necessarily mean we put them in, in a strong support shoe, but. Mm. Most of the time, they're coming in in just poor footwear anyway, and so going through right. a shoe. So we our biggest shoes from in the kids' range is the Nike Pegasus, which mm. just sort of owns footwear, owns kids' footwear, and then New yep. Balance Eight Eighty, as well as the Asic Cumulus. Yeah, and the Eight Eighty was one of those New Balance shoes that sort of used the adult foam as well, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They used the they yeah, and I think Asics maybe used uh, more like a polyurethane material for a period of time rather than an EVA in a kid's shoes. Oh, yeah. And so it felt there was much some awful, There were some awful kid shoes getting around. Yeah, got it. Saucony yeah. had a range that was just I don't get that. Garbage. Mm. A lot of the kid's shoes, the midsole feels firmer than the adult's shoe, which to me makes no sense. Like it's a small body been... weight you're putting, you're putting through this shoe. But mum and dad durability wanted... thing they're yeah, looking exactly. for. Exactly. Mum and dad want a durable shoe, don't they? So oh, and cost. It's cost. Uh, yeah, true cost as well. Yep. Yeah. They yep. can't Build make shoe. these shoes. They can't make a, a kid's Kayano of the same materials and charge 120 bucks. They got to, mm. like, at 180 bucks, I'm pretty sure they still lose money. I, I heard that once that Nike, Nike actually don't, um, oh, this could be total false, but they don't actually make a profit <laughs> from their, their kids' shoes because oh. the, the idea is that they. Well, this is a, this is EVA. Loyalty this... early. I believe this this Nike Free that I'm holding right here. This feels like an EVA foam. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's Nike Free. It should be. Should be. Yeah. So, I mean, that sort of shoe like is a bit of a no-brainer. It's a real halfway point. Nothing complicated. Nice anatomical fit. Um, yeah. This 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 one here is the same. That's, the kids' freeze are great. Yeah. This yeah. little freeze soft. This actually feels quite yeah. soft and spongy. Put your yeah. toe in it. Put your toe in it, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till she starts wearing shoes. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, it was the best. It was the best thing. My two, like how excited they were when they put these new runners on. It was so funny. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's dude. over an hour. 
That is, guys. Right. Sorry, it went a bit longer than normal. But um, so, Tommy, we won't actually see you or speak to you much, uh, at least on the podcast before the Melbourne Marathon. Best of luck. And Jeez, uh, mate, if anyone needs luck, uh, it's you. You know, you've you've um, you've deserved a big performance, and I think this time will be the one. So I'm so just going best... for that that uh, the podcast PB. Just got to get uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what's your PB, Julian? Yeah. What is it? What? Forty-two. Two fourteen forty two. All right, no problem. Am I the superior well, athlete still? <laughs> you're a superior marathon athlete on this podcast. Tommy, <laughs> Tommy's been pretty good over those in between distances. Yeah, no yeah. one cares about them, neither. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, you guys have a good month, cool. and we'll uh, touch base in January. I don't think any new shoes are going to be coming out between now and then. I might get some samples from my brands, but I, I think it would be a case of just getting it done and touching base and seeing how Tommy. Oh, Nita. <laughs> Lost you. Right, I'll, I'll soften Nita. All right. Good luck, Tom. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, mate. Right, Bye. All right. We'll chat to you soon.